Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Tesla reveals new key details about how Model 3 reservations are going to work. So let's get right to it and talk about them. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for March 20th, 2016. It's episode number 33. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all again so much for joining me. Well, this is a big week. We've been waiting for details about the Model 3 reservation process, and we got some key ones this week. Uh, so I didn't even want to mess around with intros, with what's been going on. This is the big subject that I know I've been waiting to hear about. Uh, a lot of you listeners have been waiting to hear about. So, let's get it right kicked off with some details. Model 3 reservations will begin at 10 a.m. Pacific on March 31st. Now, that is going to mean sight unseen deposits for all of you who plan on reserving in stores, including myself, because the event is not going to be until 7 p.m. later that night down in Hawthorne. Online reservations will start after the event ends, which is estimated to be around 8.30 Pacific. A drivable prototype or possible multiple prototypes uh, are rumored to be at the event. So that ups the ante for how interesting this could get. I mean, I know, uh, of course, it's been pointed out, yes, there was a drivable prototype S at that event and a drivable prototype X. But I think, uh, for I don't know, I, I certainly am a little pleasantly surprised by that. I thought... You know, disregarding the whole scuttlebutt about, oh, it's just going to be pictures. I never bought into that. I've talked about that on the show. But, you know, I kind of figured we'd get, uh, as I think I talked about a couple weeks back, you know, maybe just a, a body with sort of a, just blacked out windows to not show interior. If that, but it looks like we may get a functional, full-up car that's working, which is awesome, awesome news. Now, invites have already been sent out. They, Tesla has said... This is going to be an intimate event. This is no doubt in response to how the Model X event went, which I was lucky enough to be at. It was extremely crowded. The estimate was there were two to 3,000 people there. We were definitely all crammed into a tight space. It started very, very late. You know, Of course, there was the whole Allsop thing, uh, who called him out and got his reservation on for X canceled. But uh, it definitely, you know, it does seem that Tesla has taken feedback from how the Model X launch event went and is incorporating it here. So the event is described as an intimate event, 800 total people, 650 owners. I'm sure there'll be some Tesla folks, obviously. And then I suppose media fill out the rest. I have not received a media invite as I had for the Model X launch event. So it's not looking too like I got the cut. I feel like the invite would have come by now because I've seen reports online of other media outlets getting their invites. So it's unfortunate. I mean, I understand. I get it. I know, you know, I'm not Jalopnik or, you know, Newsweek or uh, Road and Track or Car and Driver or any of those by, by any stretch of the imagination. But I've been holding out hope that since I have had email exchanges with Tesla PR and I've reviewed two Model S's for IGN and I've got this show going, I was hoping, oh, maybe that would be enough to get me in. Not looking too good for me. But uh, uh, a lot of you folks aren't going either because they held a lottery. As many of you owners know, if you got the, e- you should have all got the email. There was a lottery for owners 
to uh, win tickets to the event, uh, and they drew those the other day, the Thursday. So if you had gotten in, you would have you would have heard via email already. So uh, apologies if you did not get in. You'll be watching it online streamed just as I will, just as the, a lot of the rest of us will. I, was, I really wanted to, I mean, of course I wanted to be there, but I thought it would be great for the podcast too to be able to share insights of having been at the event. I could have interviewed some people there, but anyway, uh, it's seemingly not meant to be. So uh, you may have also seen Tesla tweet out or otherwise share uh, send send out an image of a an, on the invite. There was a there was an S, there was an X, and then there was a silhouette intended to represent the Model Three. Now I've seen a, plenty of website articles without even thinking about it. Jump straight to uh, Mo- Tesla announces Model Three of in, uh, inv- invent, and here's what it looks like. Here's what the the car looks like. No. Because I, t- I took a look at that, and my I initially went, oh, is that is that a silhouette? And then I, I took a closer look at it, and I'm like, no, it's exactly the Model S uh, silhouette. It is the exact same thing, so I am, I, I am 99% sure that's not the Model 3 silhouette, that it's just an S that's used as a placeholder as a, you know, as a, as imagery to simply tease and and, you know, make a point, but not actually show anything about the car. Uh, I'm going to reserve the 1% in case, for some reason, it does have the exact same silhouette from the front and and proportions as the Model S. You never quite know. Uh, But I I seriously doubt it. I'm pretty sure that that image that was teased on social media and on the invites was just a Model S image. Now, uh, the, I'm very, I was very happy to see confirmation this week that Tesla employees, as had been sort of tossed around uh, on the forum, uh, Bonnie Norman was a big champion of this on Tesla Motors Club, and it does seem, whether she had simply heard it and was, was then re- recirculating it sort of publicly, or uh, whether she just was hoping this would happen, and, it's, and it is happening, Tesla employees are getting first dibs on Model 3. In fact, their reservations have already opened. So uh, you already know this. If you listen to the show and you work for Tesla, I'm not, I'm not certainly not breaking any news for you folks, but it has been confirmed via images posted online that Tesla employees have begun reserving their cars. That's great. I'm totally all for that. I think that's awesome. And then you've got the added benefits. So, you know, it's, 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 an, it's obvious, right? It's, it makes a lot of sense. You've, you've spent the last, uh, well, by the time the Model 3 gets built, you'll have spent the last five years, five plus years, building higher-end luxury cars that many of your employees can't afford. Now, I've been to the Tesla factory. I've had lunch with a friend that works there. Uh, and I will tell you, there, there actually are a lot of Model S's there that are employee cars. But nevertheless, Tesla employs something like 15,000 people the majority of them do not have an S or an X. They are, you know, that's uh, they don't have them yet. So it's great to see that the Model Three, which is obviously much more affordably priced for everyone, is being given the first dibs to employees as a, as a they'll they'll feel rewarded. They'll feel, you know, really a part of the process. They're going to be more, you know, they're probably going to take a little extra pride than they already take a lot of pride in building the cars, but there's going to be that 110% of pride in building those cars right from the get-go because they, they might be, it might be a car of someone they know. Like, oh, that's, you know, that's that's Bill in uh, in in marketing's car or, uh, oh, that's, that's Joe from, 
from down on the assembly line. This is his, this is his, uh, you know, Tesla red painted car. Oh, this is his. I know the VIN number here, but, uh, so that's great to see. And, you know, again, it's the added, the added bonus too is, uh, it's inevitable. It's just a product inevitability, uh, that's just with anything, of course, the most bugs are going to be in the initial cars. So if the, if those are employee cars, you can take care of those in-house with your employees, just get them squared away. Your employees will be take, you'll take care of your employees. They'll be happy. And then the feedback, you know, the, the lessons learned there can go into customer cars so that they don't run into what seems to be going on with Model X, which is these early cars uh, spending extra time in the service centers and, you know, delays in delivery because, and cars having to go back to the service center for Falcon wing door sensors or, or seals or what have you, you know, so it's, it is good. It's a good thing that the Tesla employees will, they're effectively the beta testers. Uh, and I don't mean that derisively at all. Uh, it's, I would, I would love to be at the front. I would be happy to, cause I live close. I'm, I'm 45 minutes from the factory. I would be happy to get one of the early cars, uh, you know, because I'm just so excited to get one. And that will also mean the employees get first crack at whatever's left of the full tax credit. Because as, as we've talked about before, and as many of you may know, the tax credit is based on number of cars sold per manufacturer in the United States. And Tesla, the current forecast at the rate the company is going, yes, they are growing, but the current forecast is for the for Tesla to hit that magic 200,000 cars sold in the U.S. mark are in the early days of Model 3, provided Model 3 stays on time. And interestingly, I mean, every indication that Tesla has put out, every indication so far is that this car is on schedule. Now, of course, as things continue... You know, the, the X was, has seen a lot of unforeseen last minute delays. So again, you, we don't know, but if this car stays relatively on schedule, that tax credit is going to be coming up due right or, you know, in the early, in the early deliveries of model three now. And by early, I mean, you know, the first few tens of thousands, uh, seemingly now, of course, the, there is a phase out for the first full quarter after the 200,000 is hit, full credit still good. So you've got a, a three-month grace period there, and then it it lowers down to a 50% for another quarter before phasing out. So there will be a phase out. Uh, the now here's here's what caused a lot of controversy, and, and unfortunately, a lot of uh, a, a lot of division in the community in the Tesla community this week. Certainly on the Tesla Motors Club forum. That's certainly what I'm referring to by community. Now, before we knew that the employees were getting first crack, and I think everybody previously had been on the same page that, yes, that's a good thing, but uh, Tesla did announce when they, when they confirmed the Model 3 event and sent out the invites for the, the lottery uh, for tickets to the event, that current Tesla owners will get priority in the reservation queue. Now, I happen to be in a Tesla right now. I'm recording in my cousin Pat's car. I'm down here in Arizona for the weekend. Uh, I'm here for a work event on Monday. I made a weekend out of it. I'm going to catch a spring training game while I'm here because that is just such a fun thing to do. By the way, if you're ever going to be in Arizona, pro tip, the month of March is the best month of the year to be here. You get 
not only there's spring training baseball, if you want to go do that, some of you aren't sports fans, but the weather's still good enough to go do anything, but it's not too hot. And if you drive down a road at night where there are, there are citrus trees lining the road, you'll get this amazing smell of the citrus tree blossoms that is literally my favorite smell in life. I'm reminded of that every time I come here, and it's, it's actually out there right now. Uh, but yeah, I'm sitting in my cousin Pat's Tesla. He's kindly given me the car for the duration of my three-day weekend here because, unfortunately, he is still suffering from complications from his injury from, I mentioned, last one over the holidays. So the poor guy is, uh, is still recovering, and his car has been literally sitting in his garage. I was the last person to drive it in, in, on January 1st, January 2nd. So um, I'm in a Tesla, but it's not mine. And that's unfortunate for me because, as I said, Tesla owners are getting the uh, the first priority on you know when the general queue opens up on March 31st. Now, again, this has caused a lot of division in the community, and the thing is, there are there are fair points on both sides of the argument. Obviously, I am on the non-owner side of things, so that is the perspective I come at it at. But I've spent you know, I had an initial reaction to this and I'll tell you, I, I've actually not been angry at all. I'm not, I haven't been angry. Even, even when I first read it, I, I was, wasn't angry. I was just more just kind of, it took the wind out of my sails. I mean, I think, um, I, I, I don't, you know, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are owners and I want to tell you right now that this podcast, that this is, this segment here is not going to be, uh, anti-owner or anything. I mean, without you guys, there is no Model 3. So, but I, I wanted to talk through this because I know in my audience, there are a lot of owners, but there are also, I hear from on the hotline, the Ride the Lightning hotline, I hear from a lot of people such as myself who are waiting for Model 3. So a lot of non-owners too. We have a really good mix of people listening to this show. And so let's talk about this. Um, so what what I really want to know, and we what we still don't know is what exactly does owners get priority mean? Does every single owner's car get built before mine, no matter how I configure it? Probably not, right? Because Tesla has said they're going to build the highest spec cars first and then move down. I would think that it's going to go kind of by group. So no matter who you are, whether you're a Tesla employee, a a non-Tesla employee, but a, a Tesla owner, or a non-owner, non-employee, that I would think it's going to go by group. So let's call group A the performance models. So if, if you, no matter who you are, if you're, so if you reserve a performance model, or rather if you, if you elect to configure a performance model in when the, when you're invited to configure in late 2017 or 28 or sometime in 2018, whenever it ends up being that in that group, in group A, uh, that employees will be 001, 002. They'll be top of the list, then owners, then general population who configures a a performance model car. And then group B, bigger battery, uh, dual motor car. So the, you know, 70D, 85D, you know, whatever kilowatt battery hour the car gets, the, you know, big battery, dual motor, but non-performance. That's group B. And then... I got to figure group C is the, uh, the 35,000, you know, the, the, the 200 mile range base battery group. So I've got to figure it's three categories, each one 
with a with a three with a with three tiers of priority inside it. Again, employ Tesla employee, Tesla owner, general population. Um, so I, I, you you would that seems like it makes the most sense because you know Tesla is fifteen thousand employees. How many of them are going to buy cars? It's impossible to know. Is it five thousand of them? Is it a third of them? But and then owners. There are a hundred thousand owners now. Let alone how many are we going to have in two years from now? How many of them are going to buy Model Threes? Is it going to be a third of them? So, so are we looking at thirty-three, you know, plus thousand cars. So making a total queue of roughly fifty thousand cars before anyone who's a non-owner, non-employee gets crack at it. I don't think so. I think it's going to go by tiers. But a big, another big question is: Is there going to be a time limit? on this owner thing, uh, where on, on the owner priority, where, um, can, can an owner now put their deposit in, in a year and a half from now and still get priority? I mean, that, that's a big question to be answered, or is it going to be a limited time thing where it's just a, a small window here in late March, early April? Uh, but again, when I read this, and as I've digested this, again, it, it's, it really did just take the wind out of my sails. Again, I'm not angry at Tesla. I'm not angry at current owners. But here's, here's the thing, and just hear me out here. And I'm, I'm going to try and be as, as level-headed and even keel about this and fair as I can. Because again, that's how I want to approach. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put myself in everybody's shoes. But I, I will say, I am disappointed that after waiting so long for a Tesla that I can afford so that I can finally be a part of this club, a part of this movement, a part of this future, that I have to wait longer so that people who are already experiencing that and the joys of it can buy another Tesla. Now, that, uh, that may sound uh, petty to some of you or jealous, and I, I don't intend it to, but let's look at it. I mean, they, Tesla intends this to be a thank you to their owners. And it's, it is true, as I said, without them, there is no Model 3. I recognize that. I appreciate that. Uh, I also think they did it because, and this may be the real reason that the goodwill to owners thing is, is just a handy cover for, and I, I sort of alluded to it, I mentioned it with the employee thing, but again, they're kind of more, you know, you get, you get uh, early cars into the hands of people who are already familiar with Tesla and how they work and have a relationship with Tesla. And those people are likely to be the most forgiving and understanding of early bugs. So again, I totally get that, but it's, I, it's, and really my whole, my biggest hang up with this and really everybody's is based, and I've read all the threads is the potential loss for us non-owners of that full tax credit and possibly even any tax credit, that's really what stings because, you know, it's not about how much money you make or how hard you work. I mean, it, it's not at all. I mean, it's everybody's wor- worked hard to be in the position they're in. Uh, and fundamentally for me, it's just disappointing that the tax credit is out there and it should be out there again for at least those early batches of cars if the, the car stays relatively on schedule. But it's Tesla has made a choice that will give a sizable chunk of those remaining tax credits, if not all of them, to people, uh, to the existing owners who by and large 
by virtue of being able to afford the cars already, will not benefit as much as it would benefit those of us who haven't been able to afford an S or an X. Now, you can make the argument that, that oh, uh, well, Tesla's been very careful to advertise the price as $35,000 before incentives. Or the other thing I've seen is, well, go talk to your state senator. You know, the thing to do is talk to your state senator and get them, petition them to extend the tax credits or reform the program somehow. But in my humble opinion, that's missing the point. And I think the latter thing with contacting your state senator is unrealistic if we're honest with ourselves. That's getting, that's, that's just not realistic. The fact of the matter is the tax credit is out there. You can't pretend it's not or brush it aside. And the thing is Tesla has made a choice to award those tax credits to existing owners who are by definition wealthier. And again, it's not that they don't deserve it or that they didn't work hard for where they are in life. It's, this isn't a class warfare thing. I'm not, it's, I'm not upset with those folks. Not at all. Again, without them, I don't have a podcast for one thing. Uh, Also, the fact that I've met so many Tesla owners and I've heard from so many more on this show who've emailed or called in and they've all every to every single one of them has been so kind, so supportive and so generous. I mean, some of you have have let me either let me drive your cars unsolicited like, hey, you want or or just offered to if you ever meet me, if, if we ever meet. I mean, that, that's an incredible generosity and an incredible kindness that is, is just to be commended. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But there are a, a number of folks on, in the community right now who really have, there's been a lack of empathy from a lot of, of owners uh, posting about this. I, I honestly don't think I've, I haven't seen one post yet. And I, again, I've been reading all the threads. Uh, I haven't seen a single post from an owner saying, you know, I appreciate Tesla recognizing the contributions to the company's overall goal, which is Model 3, by prioritizing my reservation, but I feel bad that it may come at the expense of some eager, soon-to-be, first-time Tesla owners who now might very well not get the credit. I have, it's, it's that lack of empathy that I've seen from some owners, certainly not all by any stretch, but the tone, and, and that may just be because some folks are defensive on the, on the discussion threads because there are some non-owners who have expressed anger about this. Again, I'm not doing that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to again, really weigh both sides and see everybody's perspective. And, and so that's, I'm willing, I'm willing to acknowledge that, that, that perhaps that lack of empathy has been due to, uh, you know, being put on the defensive by, by non-owners who have expressed and anger about this. Uh, but I don't think, and here's the thing about this whole issue. I, do, I, I genuinely don't think that there is a pure right or a pure wrong answer. There are valid points to both sides. There's, there, there's a case to be made, a great case to be made for doing what Tesla is doing, which is prioritizing owners. And there's a great case to be made for, for just, for not giving them, uh, moving them up in the line. But because uh, I, I mean, if, if the Tesla that I'm sitting in right now, the the dark blue, the dark blue metallic P85 that I'm sitting in right now, if this were my car I w- and I were on the other side of the fence of this, I would probably be- feel very, very differently. 
Um, now, I don't know if I would actually be getting a Model 3 if I had a P80, if this P85 were mine, but that's beside the point. Um, actually, probably would, because this car doesn't have autopilot. Anyway, um, there are valid points on both sides, and I, and I would... I really would, I probably would feel, yeah, I'd be excited. If, uh, if I were an existing owner, I would be excited about this. But, uh, you know, because I just wish, here's I, here's what I kind of came, came down to on this. I wish Tesla could have found another tangible, meaningful way to reward you existing owners for your loyalty and for your support without reducing the chance that people like me have from uh, people like me have from getting a shot at that full tax credit. That's that's really what it comes down to. I'm all for rewarding that loyalty and the fact that again, without you owners, we don't even get to Model Three. The idea I had uh, just as just as a, a productive, you know, to to be uh, constructively critical here. The thought I had was well. There are no signature edition cars this time, therefore no signature red by default, uh, at least, you know, in, in, in the sense that in the way it has been traditionally used. What if you give existing owners access to signature red should they want it? And then when their car is on the road, that says to everyone else, ah, you're an you are an existing loyal Tesla owner who has supported the company and you get a color that, you know, only a small number of other people get in the grand scheme of, of the what soon to be millions of Tesla owners once Model 3 ramps up to production. So that's what I would like to, that, that's, I think, and I, I feel, I wonder, would you, would owners be happy with that? If you, if you can, yeah, if you want to write in, call in, I would be curious. If you can put yourself in the shoes of not thinking about being at the front of the line. Pretend that this is last week and that you, you know, that Tesla tells you, instead of Tesla telling you, you're going to get your order prioritized, your reservation prioritized. What if instead they had told you as a thank you to our, our loyal owners, we're going to offer them an exclusive signature red color that's not available to uh, anyone else. Would that have made you happy or would that have seemed a hollow, dumb gesture to you. I'm genuinely curious. I'm just wondering if my, if my proposed solution would have gone over well or not. And here's that. And believe me, I'm sure that this decision was not made lightly by Tesla at all. I'm sure that they weighed all of this and decided that this was, that, you know, there, again, there was no great way to go either way. Uh, in terms, you know, there's no, no, no situation where it's, it's just win-win. They went, okay, well, somebody might be a little upset no matter how we go here. If we, if we don't prioritize our existing owners, they're going to wonder if we still care about them or if we just use them to get to Model 3, which has been you know, the goal of the company for, since 2006. And if we do prioritize them, the non-owners are going to be unhappy because they have to wait even longer for a car that they've been waiting years and years and years for already. So I'm sure Tesla weighed all of this. They probably opted to say... Okay, well, you know, we're pri we're prioritizing our employees and our existing owners, so that in theory, by the time uh, general uh, general customer orders, you know, people like me, non-owners, non-employees, get their cars, they've got pretty rock-solid cars with a lot of the bugs shaked out. Now, 
I may, it's also possible that I may be blowing this whole thing out of proportion for a couple of reasons. One, if it does in fact go by uh, the group A, group B, group C thing that I was talking about, if I happen to be lucky enough to convince my wife and somehow raise enough money to get myself in position to get the performance model, the ludicrous model three, which is my dream. That is my dream. You all know this. You, if you've been listening for, I know I've got a lot of new listeners every week. I've seen the numbers going up. I appreciate everyone who's giving this podcast a try. If you've stuck with me for a little while, if you've been with me for a little while, you know, you know what my dream is. You know, my dream is to go from being that wide-eyed kid with his face pressed up against the glass on the outside looking in to being a part of this. You know, this show is my way of trying to be a part of this community and trying to contribute to this community without having the wallet yet to be able to be an actual owner and be on the inside. But, uh, you know, if, if I can be in that group A, that performance group, then how, you know, I may, I may not have to wait that long because how many Tesla employees will opt for a performance model? which I anticipate to be, you know, 70 plus thousand dollars. And how many existing owners will go with a performance model? Uh, so, and they're going to build all those cars first. So maybe it won't be quite that long of a wait. And the other thing is, and, and this is kind of the, the place I ended up settling. After, I'm kind of glad that this happened early in the week so that I had really, so that I did have time to digest all this before recording the show rather than just giving a gut react because the internet the internet is full of gut reactions sometimes it's better to sit down and digest and really process and think through everything and i'm kind of glad i've been able to do that over the course of this week because the other thing that i thought about particularly after cuz the the employee thing wasn't made public the 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 information about the employees getting prioritization and the fact that they are already getting being able to reserve the car that wasn't made public until after the news about, it was a few days after the news about the owners getting priority was it. So in early in the week, the, 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 the puzzle, the full picture looked like, oh, just owners are getting priority. Now that it's owners and employees, which again, in the one sense is a little frustrating in the sense of for guys like me, it's, oh man, further back in the line, particularly if you're ordering a base model car, you know, if you're, if you're in group C and you're just doing base model car, maybe a few little options, but if you're group C, you might have to be waiting a good long time. You might be looking at 2019, you know, that it could be a while, but the thing I've kind of come to now, because I have, I really, I I'm completely at peace. I I'm, I'm actually happy. I'm very happy for Tesla employees getting first crack. Very happy. And the fact of the matter is, with the owner thing, I've said my piece. I actually tweeted Elon, who I doubt saw it, but you never know. Um, I tweeted him and I uh, digested my thoughts and I'm putting them out there on this podcast. And, I, and here's, here's the next step. It's, it is what it is now. You know, it's, could if enough people roared up in anger, could they change it? Sure, we've... The, we know the internet is capable of doing that, but that's, 
that doesn't happen often, and that's just kind of not who I am, and I don't feel that, again, I'm not angry about this. I don't feel that strongly about it to want to start a movement and rise up. I, I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that the wind was let out of my sails for being, you know, for having already waited a while for this car, but it is what it is. And between now employees and existing owners getting priority, I've now just resigned myself to, I'm just like, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to get the the tax credit. Certainly, probably not the full one. And here's the thing. If it works out where, you know, whether it's through the generosity of my audience, whether it's, I end up maybe trying a little crowdfunding thing, or uh, whether it's just, if I can save up enough money to get all the way up to that performance bracket, I've, I've got a little chunk in the bank. It's nowhere near enough for a performance model now, but if I find myself able to, if I'm, if I, if the time comes and I do, and I am able to put myself in the position of getting a performance model and I do get that tax break, the full tax credit, I'm going to just look at it as a bonus. I, 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 that's where I've, that's where I've kind of resolved myself with this is I'm going to just not expect it. I'm going to think it's gone. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'm happy it's going to employees who probably most of them haven't already, don't already own a Tesla. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm just resigning myself to, it'll probably be gone. And if it's not bonus and I'll just get a couple extra options, even though again, my dream, my hope, my hope, my dream that I've uh, is, is to be able to check every box and, and just go all out and get everything anyway, but we'll see. So that's, that's, uh, I, I hope people weren't turned off or annoyed by that. I, you know, I, I want to, I'm always going to be as honest as possible. I'm, I'm very much an honesty is the best policy guy. And, and I think if, again, if you've been listening to me long enough, hopefully you, you've kind of come to know me a little bit in the sense of, you know, I'm not an angry guy. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I am a human being, so I'm allowed, you know, it's, it's okay that I'm saddened or disappointed by this. And, uh, but I, I genuinely, it's not a, it's not a jealousy of existing owners. It's not a, it's not an, it's definitely not an anger. You know, I, I wish Tesla had maybe found another way to reward owners, but it is what it is. There are, there are pluses to it. You know, it's possible that again, when I get my car, it's, it's could be a, a more rock solid car because those, uh, existing owners got moved up in line ahead of me and, you know, help shake out the bugs with their earlier VIN car. So that's what it is. Uh, I got some, some calls about this this week, as you as you'd expect. In fact, there are a number of calls. I'm going to, again, split them up. I'm going to do a few now, and then we'll come back uh, after a short break because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a swig of water here in a minute. But uh, I want to start by going to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Robert from Chicago has a couple of questions. So, Robert, take it away, my friend. Hey, Ryan. It's Robert from Chicago calling again. Just two quick questions about the unveiling coming up March 31st. First uh, question is, is that $1,000 that you put down, is that refundable, full, or partial at all sometime between, obviously, when you put it down and whenever you'd be paying the rest and putting in the full order closer to when they'd be um, taking deliveries? Um, so, yeah, 
quick question there. And then second is March 31st, you can go into a store and put the deposit down ahead of the April 1st online orders. Uh, I think is how you explained it. So could you go in? I guess it would have to be. You could go in that morning and put in the deposit before they've actually even unveiled the car. Um, just thought that was kind of a weird way to uh, to do things to, to put the money down before you've even seen it. And that's you know something I'm considering just because I if I'm going to do it I want to be close to the front of the line especially to get that uh, the uh, tax credit and hopefully try and end up before that runs out. But Anyways, those are my two questions. Thanks again for the show, and talk to you again soon. All right, so Robert, let's talk to you. Is the deposit refundable, and will you be reserving the car set unseen on March 31st? We covered the second one, but let's talk about the first one. So, uh, yes, you will. If you reserve in-store on March 31st, you will be reserving the car sight unseen. But the answer to question one is the deposit will be refundable, Um uh, it's the, or at least, pardon me, it has always been on the SNX, and there's no reason why it wouldn't be here. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, current owners, but I am reasonably certain that there was a, that you're, you're what at, for most, for the, the long to long time on the S, uh, it's 2,500 now, but it was originally five, and it's still five on the X, that it was, there is a, uh, I believe it's a uh, $50 processing fee your deposit that is non-refundable. So uh, if Tesla does something like that again, I believe you'll get at least $950 of your $1,000 back, possibly a little more if the processing fee is less than it was on the larger reservation. But uh, yeah, sight unseen, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Pacific Daylight Time, pardon me, uh, on March 31st. You'll see the car lat night on the live stream. Dear Tesla, oh Lord in Fremont, Tesla, please let your live stream, please have your servers ready. So, so many people, more people than have ever watched. I will bet the number of people watching the Model 3 live stream will be more than the number of than the combined number of people who've ever watched any other Tesla live stream ever. I think this live stream is going to be enormous. I really, really hope that the servers are equipped to handle it because we all want to see it. We don't, we all, we don't want to all be sitting there looking at a still frame or a, or a error message or a crashed website. Please. Oh Lord in Fremont, Tesla, uh, Oh, oh, Mr. Musk, Lord, Lord Musk, please let your servers be ready. Uh, but yes, Robert, thank you for that call. That is good information to get out to everybody about, uh, of course, the, the uh, refundability. Or if they, it, it's definitely for sure already been made clear that if you get impatient and decide to get an S or X while you're waiting for your three, you can move your $1,000 over towards a Model S or Model X immediately or at any point. Next up is Diego from Portland, Oregon, commenting on the priority reservation situation. So, Diego, take it away. Hey, Ryan, this is Diego in Portland, Oregon again. Um, wanted to follow up on a little Twitter conversation we were having um, regarding Tesla giving priority 
on Model 3 reservations for existing Model S and X owners. Um, I know that this kind of uh, seems to be a, a sensitive issue with um, potential Model 3 owners uh, because of the fact that they, you know, they want that $7,500 tax credit. Um, and, I mean, I understand $7,500 is a big chunk of money, but I don't think it's fair to necessarily hold Tesla accountable for people getting or not getting that tax credit. Um, I think that solely relies on the federal government. So, personally, as I mentioned, I I truly believe that we have existing um, Tesla Model S and X, and especially Roadster owners, to thank for um, the fact that we're going to have the opportunity to make a reservation on the Model 3. Um, if if I could, I would have a Model S. Um, and um, but but I'm not in that financial position. And um, I'm I'm just curious to know what some of your other listeners and callers where do they stand on that? Um, I know we disagree on that issue, but uh, still love what you do with the show. Uh, respect what you do, and um, yeah, just keep up the great work. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, Diego, this is exactly what I talked about in my in my huge spiel earlier about there being multiple sides to this because there are a lot of owners that feel it's totally right and just and good that uh, pardon me a lot of non-owners who feel that it's right and just and good that owners are getting priority and and you know I I respectfully disagree that the responsibility for this situation lies with the federal government and and. And, you know, the fact that that's how the program is set up, uh, because, again, Tesla chose to do it this way. They know Tesla knows what the tax incentive situation is, and they chose to set it up this way. So I I respectfully disagree with you there. But I completely agree, of course, that we have previous owners to thank for the Model 3. So, Diego, thank you for the call. Let's go to Steve in Orlando, who just got himself a Model S three months ago. And uh, has uh, he's, he's, he wants to share his plan to get his deposit down uh, right away for Model Three. So, Steve, I, I turn it over to you, sir. Hey, Ryan, Steve from Orlando. Uh, quick little comment for you. Um, have a Model S now. Uh, we just got ours like three months ago. Pretty awesome car. Um, looking at getting a Model Three, and I just called uh, headquarters trying to get more info, as I'm sure everyone is. But I was able to. Uh, get confirmation that Model S current owners are going to get priority in the queue over the uh, non-current owners. So that's kind of cool for anybody who owns one looking for another one. And kind of like you, I have to drive in from, uh, we're going to be out at the beach here in Florida for the week, and I'm going to drive over, it's only an hour, so not a big deal, uh, to the store, put down my deposit, and drive back out. So um Hopefully it helps. I know uh, I've been listening to the podcast, and I know there's all kinds of stuff trying to figure out what's going to take priority, which orders are going to be over, which one. And uh, hopefully, since uh, my wife's driving the S, I've got a an SUV, and I kind of want a fun little car to run around in. Uh, hopefully, I can do a nice loaded up Model Three, so that might get me a little closer to the front. Um, hoping I can, you know, maybe it'll be a P90B Model Three, something like that, or maybe a P100. I guess we'll see. 
All right. Anyways, good luck uh, or thanks for everything on the show. Great, great podcast. Enjoy it. Thanks a lot. Steve, thank you for the call. So for me, I have, I had, I've got a plan A and a plan B for March 31st. And I will, I will share them with you. Hopefully I'll, I'll make it quick. So as not to bore everyone. My plan A was, so as, as I mentioned recently, I'm going to be on vacation in Hawaii on March 31st, uh, in a pre-planned family trip that was planned long, long ago before there was a model three event, even though I knew it was, I was worried when Elon was starting to say on conference calls that they were looking at late March. I was like, Oh no, late March is when we're going to be in Hawaii. But, um, my plan a was to hopefully get a media invite to the Hawthorne event as I was very, very lucky enough to have happen with the model X launch event. And then my plan was to fly home to cut my vacation short, leave the rest of my family who it's, uh, not just my, my family, but my extended family are going to be there too leave them in Hawaii, let them enjoy the rest of their vacation. I was going to come home a few days early on the 30th. And then, uh, assuming I was assuming based on previous Tesla history, that the best place to put down a reservation and the, and the best place to get high on the list would be at Hawth- the Hawthorne event itself. So I thought, okay, I'm going to fly home early and then I'm going to drive down to Hawthorne on the, you know, on the 31st and I'm going to be there and I'm going to cover it for the podcast for IGN and I'm going to get my reservation in there. Then when we learned that this week, we learned that reservations are starting at 10 AM. I thought, okay, well then plan a is fly home early and then I'll go to my closest store, which is Burlingame in the, in the Bay area. If you're familiar with it for my Bay area listeners, just get, you know, fly home a day early and then go early, early in the morning of the 31st and get there and get my deposit in. And then if I got my media and, you know, get, and then, uh, just take a quick flight down to LA, go to the event, cover it, have a great time. Uh, and then have a bunch of cool stories for the podcast later. Uh, so it's looking like that is not going to happen because again, the, the invites have all gone out. I appear to have not gotten one plan B. This was always plan B and, uh, looks like plan B is what I'm going with. Plan B, uh, turns out after a quick search on Tesla's website, there's a Tesla store in Hawaii, but it's not the island I'm going to be on. So what I'm doing, if any, if I have any Hawaii listeners out there, number one, aloha, and number two, maybe I'll see you. I am going to island hop. I'm going to catch a flight. Uh, I mean, island hopping is a very regular thing. There's lots of flights all the time between all the islands. I'm going to island hop over to Honolulu and I'm going to, I'm going to line up and I'm going to get my reservation in there because I did call to confirm they're opening at 7am Hawaii time, which is of course 10am Pacific. So they are going to be right there at the same time as everybody else. And then I'm going to go right back to the airport and I'm Island hopping right back to rejoin my family, uh, and, and finish the rest of my vacation. So, um, you know, again, kind of like the whole, uh, the, the other thing where the, the whole owner priority situation is for me, this is for me, obviously this personal situation, there's very much pluses and minuses either way. I, I very, very much would love to go to the Hawthorne event to see the car, t- maybe touch the car, maybe even ride in the car. Who knows? But get some photographs of the car, you know, cause we all know that seeing a car in person, in the flesh with your eyes in 3d space 
is a very, very different thing than seeing pictures of it. Pictures do not always do a vehicle justice. So, of course, I wanted to see the car. Of course, I wanted to be at the event. And it would have been, un- you know, it's, it's never, uh, it would have, it's never your, your first choice to cut, cut a Hawaiian vacation short. But again, this was such a special event. This would have meant so much to me. I would have, I would have done it. Um, but at least this way, if, if in fact I'm not invited as it appears, as appears to be the case, at least this way, I'm not cutting my vacation short. I'm really only going to lose like half, uh, pardon me, I'm losing my voice, half a day of vacation. Uh, so that's, that's nice at least is, uh, I can get my reservation in at the same time as everybody else and not have to cut my vacation short. So anyway, that's my crazy little story. Uh, so if you're going to be reserving in Hawaii, if you happen to be vacationing there just as I am, or if you live in Hawaii and you're a listener to the show, let's talk, let's hang out. Uh, I'll see you at 7am on the 31st. All right. Uh, an email I want to just go read here real quick. Dave Sunquist writes in and asks, which of the Model S and Model S features do you think will not be available for Model 3? We kind of touched on this a little bit last week, but he lists. So let's just, this is a fun little game. Let's just play real quick. He lists a bunch of features. Let's start, let's run through them. Pop out door handles. No, I think, uh, I, I, I think they were kind of a 50-50 thing before Model X came out, now I think there's an extremely small probability that they will be on Model 3 because because Tesla ditched them for Model X, I think they ditched them, you would think they ditched them for a reason. I know they've, they've, you know, they've been through some iterations of the uh, auto-presenting door handles and they chose to eliminate them for Model X. So I would, I would presume that... Uh, Model 3 would ditch them as well, but, uh, you know, you never know. They could still go back they go back to them, because, uh, of course, with the X doors, they just kind of, like, pop out, but if you have the premium package, obviously, they'll just open by themselves. Maybe Model 3 has that, but do you have that for all four doors, or, you know, whereas the, the Model S door, the car I'm currently sitting in now, of course, you know, it just, you, it's just pops out, and you just grab the handle and, yank, and pull it open like a normal door, so... Uh, but I do. I, I would lean towards it being a more Model X style door. I, I'm very, I'm very confident that it's going to be a flush door handle of some kind. That's kind of become part of Tesla's uh, design style of their their sort of yeah, just their look uh, is is the whole flush door handle thing for aerodynamics and just cool factor. So, uh, and but I, I suspect it's the odds are better that it's going to be Model X style, just a push button flush handle rather than the auto-presenting handles on the S. Panoramic sunroof, I think that's a given. I, I don't think Model 3 ships with a, a regular, tiny, you know, 1997-style moonroof. I don't see that. I think it will have a panoramic roof. 17-inch touchscreen, and Dave writes, will it be smaller? I think I've talked about this before. I think there's an extremely high probability that it's a 15-inch touchscreen. Why am I giving an exact number? That's dumb because I really have very little to go on. But given that Model 3 is 20% smaller in overall volume, that means the car will probably be a bit shorter and a bit narrower. Could you do a 17-inch? Could you do the same exact screen in the Model 3? Well, for economies of scale, 
that can make a lot of sense for Tesla, but they're going to still probably benefit from economies of scale, no matter what size touchscreen they put in the three, because uh, you know they'll still be cranking out eighty to hundred thousand S's and X's a year. They, they'll you know they can they got an economy of scale on those, and then by you know when they ramp all the way up five hundred thousand Model Three screens a year. But I just think yeah, given the slightly smaller uh, overall dimensions of the Model Three. I'm going to guess, and I'm literally staring at the screen right now, you know, just two inches off would still be, would still be a pretty good size screen. So I think, it, I think we might be looking at a 15 incher. I would be, I, I'd actually be thrilled if it's, a, if it's still the same nice, huge 17 inch screen. Cause it's, it's big, it's beautiful. It's easy to hit the buttons, but, uh, I, I think there's no way that the model three ships, uh, with anything, but a touchscreen of some size. Premium interior lighting, that could easily go because that's a more of an upscale luxury feature. Flat bottom steering wheel is an interesting thing to bring up, but yeah, I mean, who knows? That's, I don't know how much money, if that's really a, a high cost item, that's flip a coin on that one. Uh, ludicrous mode, I think there, I'm, I'm very confident there's going to be a ludicrous mode available on Model 3. Rear spoiler, that's easy money. I mean, that's, that's a piece of carbon fiber. Uh, the, it, you know, should they do it the way the S does it? I think they'll offer that rear, uh, Falcon wing doors. No, I mean, they've talked over and over and over about keeping the model three simple. And Elon has said that model Y will most likely have model, uh, pardon me, will most likely have Falcon wing doors. So no, I think there's an extremely low chance that model three has any sort of, uh, Falcon wing situation. The medical grade HEPA filter, the bioweapon defense mode, I think there's an extremely low chance that that makes it into Model 3, even as an option. That seems like um, very much something you put in your upscale vehicle as opposed to the more uh, main mass market car. So thank you, Dave, for that email. That was actually fun to run through those things. I need a quick break. I'm going to do the quick short musical interlude here while I guzzle a bit more water to... Uh, save my, my uh, parched throat. I'll be back with a few more phone calls. This is turning into a long show, but man, I'm having a good time. This is, this is exactly the kind of meat that I've been waiting to chew on for a while. So be right back in, a, in about 15 seconds with some more calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. All right, as I dive back into the Ride the Lightning hotline, I remind you that if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, please give me a call. All you got to do is leave a message anytime, 24-7. You can call, you can Skype, it's toll-free. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Daniel, who asks what the difference between the P and non-P models is and says an EV hacker has uh, claimed to open up the card and says there's no difference. Daniel, talk to me. Hey, Ryan, this is Daniel in DFW, uh, and I was wondering if you could talk about the performance versus non-performance models. 
Uh, I'm also a fan of Jack Ricard's show, uh, EVTV.me, the EV Motor Works. He does electric vehicle conversions and a lot of stuff. He's recently been using Tesla drivetrains that he's bought from uh, wrecked vehicles. Uh, And he says he has discovered that there is no hardware difference uh, between uh, a performance model and a non-performance model that that is all in the software. Um, so I was wondering if you could uh, comment on that and I guess people's feelings about the pricing then. And uh, once the car is paid off and you own it outright, uh, if you have a, a non-performance model, uh, is there is there hackers or, or, or computer folk out there that, that can that could change that so that way you get the the performance features. Um, since according to Jack Rickard, there's no there's no uh, hardware difference. So uh, that was news to me. So I'm wondering if that's news to you too. Thanks, man. Love the show. Bye. So call me crazy, but I could swear that the performance models have larger motors than the than the standard models. Uh, I it would be very very strange if it were a software only thing cuz that I mean that's then that's just some pure profit gravy for Tesla. I mean if they've somehow figured that out, that's one thing. I know well the motors and and it's the inverter, right? That's it's the it's the the inverter is a performance inverter. It's like a beefier inverter. So maybe that's what that's what this guy was talking about, but there are definite hardware I'm almost positive that there are hardware differences between the P and non-P models. Let's go down under to Australia and talk to uh, talk to our friend T Ray here, who asks my opinion of aftermarket parts on Teslas. Go ahead, sir. G'day, Ryan. T Ray from Sydney here again. Uh, look, I'm just calling up to uh, ask what your opinion is on the um, aftermarket uh, kit that you can get for uh, for the Teslas. I have seen some of the um, some of the body kits and rims and things like that, etc. And I, I think they are pretty sexy. Um, but yeah, just wondering what your thoughts are on whether, and whether you know how Tesla feels about um, these things happening. Anyway, mate, like I said, do love the podcast. Look forward to it every Monday morning as I drive out of the road onto work. And so, um, yeah, thanks for that. Bye. Well, I will be honest with you. I've never been a big aftermarket guy at all, really, with any car I've owned. Uh, certainly not the DeLorean because I wanted to keep it original and pristine, but really even my, my infinity now, I I don't have any, I'm not, I haven't done any sort of aftermarket body stuff or anything to it. I mean, to each their own, obviously. I mean, you know, in car culture, you want to, you want to make your car your own, right? I I totally get that. For me, uh, yeah, wheels, I, I've just, first, I don't know what it is with me. I, I think I just tend to associate a car with its OEM wheels. Like I really like, I have the 19 inch, uh, sport wheels on my Infiniti G35 that I think look really, really nice. And I've never really seen, of all the aftermarket wheels I've ever seen on that, on those cars, I've never really seen anything I've loved. Same thing with the Model S. I love the turbines so much that, you know, stuff, uh, stuff I've seen or seen pictures of, it's never really done it for me personally. If I were getting an S or an X, I would totally go with the turbines, but yeah, you know, Go nuts with whatever wheels you want. I mean, they're, they're, in fact, there can be a lot of advantages to going with aftermarket wheels. There are a lot of Tesla owners that have put 20-inch wheels on their uh, Model S's, and those tires are a lot cheaper than 21s. 
And, you know, many aftermarket wheels might be lighter or stronger than Tesla wheels or both. So, uh, you know, as far as body kits, again, to each their own on that. I quite frankly think that the S and the X are just completely gorgeous as is. I've personally yet to see a body kit that uh, improves the look of a Model S for me. Um, and, and as far as Tesla, I mean, they, they've just said they don't want you modifying the drivetrain or the PEM system or obviously the battery. Like, they don't want you trying to get into the, the inner workings of the car. They don't care what it looks like. They, you know, they're, they might, I'm sure they, they have their own personal opinions, but you know, it's, it's only when they, if you start getting into the, the internals of the car that they, they might get mad at you or, or disapprove. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they care much what you do to it cosmetically. Uh, cor- correcting me and giving some extra information from last week. Again, I continue to learn a lot. Let's go to Trevor up in Toronto who calls in to clarify again on the Canadian Tesla pricing situation and the the theory I floated out of importing, of taking delivery of a car in Cleveland and bringing it back to Toronto. So Trevor, please correct me, sir. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Trevor from Toronto. Just wanted to call in and uh, explain a little bit about the, um, about your last caller who called in on the podcast about importing, um, about the prices about Model X in Canada. Uh, we pay um, a 6.1 import tariff fee for foreign content, largely due to the batteries included in the car. Um, the Canadian dollar is also quite a bit lower than it used to be about a year and a half, two years ago. It was at par. We're paying about 30% more than we did, so it's pushing the prices up. Um, rumor also has it, too, that the Model X also includes uh, another price increase, which Model S hasn't uh, uh, enjoyed yet, so to speak, so it's really pushing prices high. Now, about your question about uh, possibility of taking delivery in the U.S. and bringing the car uh, across the border, that's not possible um, due to Tesla not allowing that to happen. Uh, we have a, uh, an importation process uh, where various uh, vehicle manufacturers allow um, the importation of, uh, of cars from the U.S., and Tesla uh, doesn't allow for that. So, um, yeah, we can't, we can't bring cars in from the U.S., which is disheartening a little bit because uh, there's a lot of uh, CPOs in the U.S. Uh, that we just don't have access to, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's causing the prices to uh, to keep climbing up here. Anyways, enjoy the podcast, and uh, just wanted to throw my two cents in. Okay, thanks. Bye, Trevor. I have nothing to say except thank you so much. I very much appreciate that additional clarification. See, th- thanks to my audience, I'm learning a lot about uh, Teslas in Canada and how all that works, which is good information to have. Uh, also. I want to, since that was a follow-up from last week, I wanted to add another thing I learned this week, again, thanks to a kind listener. Uh, I want to thank Kevin, who emailed me and taught me something new when I, when I talked about uh, the wheel situation. Of course, the whole big topic on last week's show was the new Slipstream wheels. Kevin wrote to me and told me, even pointed me the link, it's on the Tesla store. The, the, the shop.teslamotors.com store. Tesla has an arachnid-style wheel package that's a 21-inch wheel package. It's on the site, but it's back-ordered, and according to Kevin, it's always been back-ordered. If you haven't seen it like me, because, I mean, again, I've been browsing, boy, you know, I've been reading Te- Tesla Motors Club for years. I've somehow never seen this. Not to say it hasn't been there, but I haven't seen it. 
And the arachnid wheel is, uh, they're kind of, it's, it's like pairs of, it's sort of a star shaped arrangement. Uh, it's, you know, five sets of two then, and each of the two, they, they kind of look like, they sort of look like spider legs where it's like, there's like a, you know, it go, it sort of juts out a little and then it, and there's a, like a, and then it kind of cuts back. So it's got a, it's got a, like a, um, a, almost a bend in the middle on each of the, the spokes. So there are, you know, 10 of them total. It's a five, it's a, like a five overall di- directions in a star shape. You know, it, it's, I, I don't have an opinion of them because I, I need to see them on a car, but it's interesting. I, that's another 21 inch wheel option that, uh, Tesla has, but doesn't. So I found that very, very interesting. Finally, this week, I want to go back to Diego. He called in a couple times this week. Diego from Portland wanted to, uh, he has a couple questions about anti-Tesla folks and also racing, uh, Formula E racing stuff. So Diego, I'll, I'll give it to you here. Take good, take it away. Hey, Brian, this is Diego in Portland, Oregon. Um, just want to call into the show. I had a question and a discussion topic for you. One is if you have actually received any uh, messages on the hotline from any, like, anti-Tesla or the, you know, the Fudders, Fudder Duddies, whatever. Um, uh, just curious. And um, another one is a discussion topic. Um related to an article I saw, I believe, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week. I don't think you covered on your show. Uh, it's related to a GT racing series that would use the P85 Plus um, um, Model S as a, as a base spec for the racing series. And personally, I'm a big racing fan. I follow Formula 1 um, quite a bit. Um, season starts this weekend, by the way. I'm pretty excited for that, and especially with the following week of Dale and Ball 3 is kind of like the icing on the cake for that couple of weeks. But yeah, I've been following Formula 1 for a little over a decade now, and I also follow a little bit of the Formula E series, which is based on all like a cars, but honestly, the racing in that series right now is kind of like a joke. The cars aren't really that fast, so I'm very curious to see how the Model S GT racing series pans out. Um, I know there's some challenges to get a Model S to actually perform on a racetrack from a um, cooling perspective because I believe the batteries overheat if you really push it one crazy time, so they have to make some modifications. But uh, I'm really excited to see what they do and curious to know if your other listeners uh, are excited, if you are, if you're a racing fan. Anyway, that's all I had. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Bye. Yeah, fortunately, no, I have not been trolled by any anti-Tesla folks here. Uh, knock on wood. That's not an invitation. But, uh, you know, even if I were to be, I certainly wouldn't subject my audience to it. I would just delete the hotline message or email and move on with my day. You know, this this podcast and, and this little community that, that we have, because I, I hear from so many of you every week now, either via email or Twitter or the, the hotline on the phone there, and that I, I just, I love it. I, I really, I, it's for us, you know, this, this whole little thing, this podcast is for, it's an outlet for me. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that a num- that so many of you have kind of, uh, been supportive and, and enjoy it. 
it's, you know, this is for us. It's for owners. It's for enthusiasts to share stories and experiences and excitement and talk Tesla. You know, I'm, I'm always going to try and keep it fun. I would never bring the fun down by, by, uh, you know, by feeding a troll as it were. And as for electric car racing, it's inevitable. I mean, I'm glad it's happening. Uh, and by the way, we can count on if uh, celebrity Tesla owner Leilani Munter. She is out there. She is a huge advocate for Tesla and for the environment. And uh, she's she's made a documentary uh, called Race to Extinction that's uh, out there. You can look it up on uh, on on-demand services. And but Leilani is a professional race car driver who preaches EV motoring. Uh, when she is not on the track. So I, I bet we can count on her. Uh, we, we can cheer her on when when electronic, when electronic electric car racing inevitably takes off. So uh, thank you, Diego, for both of your calls this week. I love the participation. I'm going to take another quick short break, come back, and wrap up the show right after this. Okay, before I go, I want to remind you that the uh, raffle, uh, rather than not the raffle, the uh, referral stuff is still going on. That And Peter Kersgaard in Denmark has offered to help make my Tesla dream come true by giving me the Model X if he were to win it in the raffle that he gets entered into if you... Use his referral code when you buy a Tesla. So, what? You, and the other thing you get, by the way, by using his referral code is a $1,200 credit towards your home charging installation and setup. So, that's a really good deal. If you're buying a Tesla, get your charging probably pretty well, if not entirely paid for. All you got to do, so this link that I'm about to give you will take you to the design studio. And uh, and with with Peter's referral code, so that if you if you configure and lock in and take delivery, you will get the twelve hundred dollar credit, and Peter will get and by extension me will get an uh, an entry into the Model X raffle, which by the way should by some miracle by 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 a lottery by a by an incredible feat by by the if it were somehow to happen, the Peter wins this thing, and then he really does give it to me as he said he would, and I have no reason to believe him other uh, to to think otherwise because he's a kind, sweet man who's been listening to the show for a long time. That would just that would solve. I I I wouldn't even. I'd be out of Model Three. I would be enjoying my ludicrous Model X with my Falcon wing doors. I would be the happiest, jolliest person on the face of the earth. So I know I've been rambling. If you're buying a Tesla. Help yourself out. Maybe help me out. Use this code. Here's the website. This will take you to the to the design studio with uh, with Peter's code to get you your twelve hundred dollar credit and me an entry into the the Model X raffle. It is ts.la/peter6387. That website again. Just type this into your browser. ts.la/peter p-e-t-e-r six three eight seven. Follow me on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. If it won't fit in 140 characters or you'd just prefer to email me, you can do so at teslapodcast 
at gmail.com. If you're a video gamer, keep uh, up to date on what I'm doing on IGN.com. That's my day job. I interview lots of people. That's actually why my voice is destroyed. Uh, I did so many developer interviews. We had the Game Developers Conference this past week right in our backyard of San Francisco. So I did a lot of really fantastic interviews with a lot of wonderful game developers that I'll be sharing through my uh, couple of venues at, at IGN. There's Podcast Unlocked, my Xbox show that runs every Wednesday, new episodes. And then there's my monthly interview show, IGN Unfiltered. I've got a new episode of that dropping this coming week here, uh, later in the, the week as you hear this. It is with Halo composer Marty O'Donnell. Who also, by the way, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, what's Halo, who's Marty O'Donnell, I don't know, I don't care, you probably remember the old TV commercial that's actually, I'm told, still runs, uh, the Flintstones Kids Vitamins jingle, you remember that? We are Flintstones Kids. Oh, my! wow, my voice is done. Somebody's going to clip that out and use it against me, I know it, but the, the Flintstones Kids jingle. Marty O'Donnell, this guy, wrote that, uh, and he have, and his second career has been video games, and he, he made the, he wrote the Halo theme, the very, what is, which is a very iconic theme in video games. Anyway, that's a fun little fact for you that maybe you can relate to even if you're not a video gamer. A couple more things, nerdstyles.com, I sell uh, video game and geek-inspired t-shirts there, as well as a coffee mug, so I've got some fun designs, I encourage you to check them out if you like anything. Feel free to grab it. We ship anywhere, just about anywhere in the world. And uh, they're all printed on demand. So uh, it'll be, you pick the size you want and the color you want. It will be printed and made and shipped right to you. Uh, T-shirt season is coming up. It sure as heck is here in Phoenix. Where I, you know, I'm uh, fortunately not here. It's nice at night, but my goodness, it's 90 during the day in March. Um, be sure to subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. Let me try and get that out before my voice drops again. My voice just uh, disappears. Also, if you use Stitcher, I've mentioned it a few the last few weeks since we got on there, but this podcast is now on Stitcher. You can find it in the Games and Hobbies section, and then within there, it's the Car Enthusiast subsection. So take a look at that if you are a uh, Stitcher person. And if you happen to be like me and you're in a Tesla right now, you can listen to this podcast in there. Uh, Tesla PR, I wrote to them and mentioned the fact that I'd really like to try and get the car, this podcast added directly to the in-car setup, and uh, I was, I'm hoping they can point me into the right direction there. But in the meantime, if you just go to the TuneIn website and follow the show on there, search Tesla Podcast or Ride the Lightning, uh, follow it, it should then show up in your Tesla under your favorites so that's a good way to listen to it in your Tesla. And uh, last person I want to thank is once again, because uh, they've I've been getting a lot of people giving the show a try, thanks to teslarati.com, T-E-S-L-A-R-A-T-I.com. Gene has been my point of contact there. It's a site run by owners. Great resource. Just a, a, They keep track of a, all, a lot of Tesla news, a lot of news that is of interest to Tesla owners. Great site. They've been very kind to mention this podcast uh, and help get the word out to Tesla owners and enthusiasts. So I'm extremely grateful to Gene and the folks over there. 
Oh, there goes my voice again. My goodness. That is it. I got to go pass out and hopefully my voice will be better tomorrow. But this has been Ride the Lightning episode 33 live from inside a Model S. So this is like a little window into my dream come true right here. I love it. I uh, had a great show. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. So we've got one more. Next week's show is coming to you recorded live from Hawaii. And then uh, my thinking is, of course, normally the show drops on Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific. I'm strongly considering just doing the, sh- the episode 35. So not next week's, but the one, the one after. I, I might, just fair warning, I might record it and drop it immediately after the event. Provided all the live stream stuff works and I'm able to see it, I'm thinking I might just record all my thoughts immediately uh, and just get a show out, get my reactions out so that I can, we can get the feedback loop going and get everybody chiming in. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, I'll, so maybe keep an eye out for an early show, but I'll remind you again next week. Anyway, I'll see you next week from Hawaii, though it doesn't matter. You're listening to it from anywhere you are. That's the beauty. I can record this from literally anywhere, whether I'm inside a Model S or or on a Hawaiian beach somewhere. Anyway, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so much, especially if you made it this far. I know I've been rambling a lot this week, but I'm just so excited. There's so much to talk about. Uh, See you back here for the final pre-Model 3 episode. Think about it. Last week is the last, next week's the last episode ever that I won't know what Model 3 looks like anymore. After that, I'll at least know what it looks like. Yay! See you guys next week.